0: M S W Media This episode is sponsored by Mudwater, a coffee alternative with four adaptogenic mushrooms and ayurvedic herbs. To get your free frother and free samples of coconut creamer and sweetener, go to slash dailybeans Daily beans Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. Today, George Santos has been hit with a superseding indictment for conspiracy against the United States and nine other felony counts. There's a tantalizing detail in a new Jack Smith filing against Donald Trump. Five women have filed a sexual assault lawsuit against the man behind the Sound of Freedom movie. The link between the wars in Ukraine and Israel, a leading LGBTQ plus group endorses Biden for re-election. And California just created the ebony alert to find missing black children. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Wednesday.
1: Happy Wednesday to you. Thanks for covering me yesterday while I was traveling, but it is good to be
0: back. Absolutely. I'm always here to cover you. We have a big news day. We have a couple of quick hits before we get to the hot notes. First of all, George Santos has been hit with a superseding indictment. The feds have added 10 felony counts to the 13 he already had for a total of 23. Uh, This time he is being charged with conspiracy and nine other counts. I go over it all in detail on today's episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45. And it's all the way at the end of the show, all of those details. So listen to that. You can also read up about it on my post.news account. I have outlined it all there. And of course, indictments only has a little brief (laughs) message that went out today, if you got your alert. And Jack Smith has revealed in a filing in the Mar-a-Lago espionage case that he knows why Donald Trump stole the classified documents. We'll discuss that on this weekend's episode of the Jack podcast. Now, Jack Smith didn't say why. He just said he knows why and he intends to prove it in court. So a lot of big news today. All right. I love it. I can't wait to see what that's about. Yeah, I know. Me too. Like, ooh, what's he going to do? What is it? Because that's been the whole thing, right? We knew that he took him. We just didn't know why. Um, But that is something that he has said he knows and he will prove in court. Absolutely. All right. We have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up from the Washington Post, the Biden administration is working behind the scenes with Senate leaders in both parties to link U.S. aid to Israel and aid to Ukraine hoping to use the urgency of the former to overcome House Republican opposition to the latter. But the division and dysfunction inside the GOP risks undermining the United States' ability to support both efforts. On Monday, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell floated the idea of Congress passing one big emergency defense spending bill within the next few weeks that would cover Israel, Ukraine and Taiwan. While he didn't give a dollar estimate in his Wall Street Journal op-ed, McConnell indicated that the sums would be large and should also include funding for the U.S. military to replenish its stocks and expand and modernize our own weapons inventories. Legislators are discussing adding upward of $60 billion in Ukraine aid. That's enough to get Kyiv through a full year of fighting, along with what's expected to be a few billion dollars for Israeli needs in the Gaza war. The idea is to pass a joint funding bill in the Senate And then present Ukraine skeptical House Republicans with the choice of approving or rejecting both. The idea that the U.S. military equipment transfers from Israel to Ukraine have hurt the Israeli war effort is not supported by evidence. As as this report, there's a link we'll put in the show notes from Congressional Research Service explains, the Biden administration gave Ukraine about 300,000 rounds of 155-millimeter artillery shells from U.S. stocks in Israel. At the same time, South Korean munitions were purchased to replenish those stocks, and the United States is ramping up production of both those munitions rapidly. Now, moreover, Kyiv isn't asking for the types of weapons Israel will need most in the weeks and months ahead. For example, the Israeli military urgently needs more interceptor missiles for its Iron Dome system, which Ukraine doesn't have and smart bombs for its air force. Ukraine has very few planes, so these are different weapons. Congress's ability to pass any legislation in the coming weeks is complicated by the fact that House Republicans are in disarray after removing Kevin McCarthy as speaker. Rep. Jim Jordan, who received former President Donald Trump's endorsement for the job, has said he won't bring Ukraine aid bills to the House floor if he's elected speaker. And we can throw the George Santos indictment, superseding indictment, in there too. Republicans are in disarray. The current temporary government funding bill expires at the end of November. That's also the deadline for approving U.S. aid to Ukraine before real damage is done to Kiev's ability to continue fighting. The House will feel pressure to pass an Israel-Ukraine funding bill quickly if the Senate sends it over, but it's a high-risk gamble. It's worth noting that Russian propaganda outlets are eager to present U.S. aid to Israel and U.S. aid to Ukraine as contradictory, with President Biden forced to, to choose between them. The Russian government has not condemned the Hamas terrorist attacks. The Kremlin is asserting that Ukraine has sent weapons to Hamas, while Kiev claims that Hamas received captured Ukrainian arms from Moscow. Yet Russia is right to suggest that the two wars are connected. For one thing, Iranian assistance plays heavily into both conflicts. Iran is supplying drones to Russia to kill Ukrainian civilians and likely helped Hamas develop the drone capability it just used to kill Israeli civilians. Russia, Iran and Hamas are all working together to wage war against democracies and upend the world order in the United States and its partners uh, that the United States and its partners spent decades building. Republicans cannot claim to resist this challenge, but provide resources for only one of the battlefields. The U.S. game plan for both Ukraine and Israel is essentially the same. It should support the partner countries that are the victims of aggression, give them weapons, the weapons they need to fight and build a diplomatic coalition around them. GOP isolationists want to pretend the United States can fight aggression in one place by yielding to aggression in another, but that is a foolish, false choice.
1: Thank you so much, A.G., and I am very happy to report this next story. This is from Fritz Farrow at ABC. The Human Rights Campaign, and if it's referred to as HRC, you know you've heard it a thousand times out of my mouth. That PAC, it's very specific, the PAC, the National Center for Transgender Equality Action Fund and Equality PAC... Representing three of the nation's leading LGBTQ organizations, they have all endorsed President Joe Biden's reelection campaign on Tuesday. And this is the eve of National Coming Out Day. It's a beautiful time to do this. And this is a quote. Without question, the Biden administration has been the strongest advocate for the needs of transgender Americans of any presidential administration in American history. This is from Rodrigo hang lieutenant the executive director of the NCTE Action Fund, that's a transgender organization I mentioned earlier, and this is the group's political arm. Now, HRC President Kelly Robinson, a good friend and an amazing black queer woman, the first to run the organization, by the way, pointed to Biden signing the Respect for Marriage Act, which codified same-sex marriage into law, and his appointment of a record number of openly LGBTQ plus people to judgeships as the organization's reason for backing the president. Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to speak at HRC's National Dinner in Washington on Saturday. I will be there on stage, raising hopefully about $250,000 for the organization. And I'm really excited that they are going to be keynotes. This is a quote from the story. This leadership is crucial now more than ever, as LGBTQ Americans are living in a state of emergency, experiencing unprecedented attacks from extremist politicians and the right wing allies in states across the country who are working tirelessly to erase us. That's from Robinson, and that was in a statement. The group's joint endorsement comes as 2024 Republican presidential hopefuls have made restrictions on LGBTQ plus issues a part of their campaign pitch to voters. At last month's Republican primary debate, businessman Vivek Ramaswamy, a just a gross oil, well, he's oh, snake oil salesman. He falsely said that transgenderism, by the way, not a word, transgenderism, especially in kids, is a mental health disorder. Now, using a term to describe transgender people that many trans supporters view as bigoted. As I said, now the medical community does not consider being transgender a mental illness. By the way. On the debate stage in September, former Vice President Mike Pence promised, and I quote, we're going to pass a federal ban on transgender chemical or surgical surgery anywhere in the country. We've got to protect our kids from this radical gender ideology agenda. There's so much false bullshit in that statement. I can't even. I begin. know. I know. It's like, how do you even begin
0: to parse that out? It's
1: you can't. Oh, and th- And they do it on purpose because it is so hard to defend because you're like, oh, my God, there's so much wrong there. Now, in July, uh, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis uh, unveiled his plan to, and I quote, rip the woke out of the military by banning drag shows on bases, among other things, with which led the Biden campaign to take its first on the record swing at the governor, by the way, in the twenty twenty four cycle. Last year, DeSantis signed into law the Parents' Right in Education bill, otherwise known as Don't Say Gay, which that'll come up later in this paragraph. That limits discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in many grade school classrooms. Now, supporters of the law, including DeSatan, say it was about preventing inappropriate content from being shown to kids. But critics, as I said, labeled it "Don't Say Gay" bill, and actually was the head of Quality Florida who figured out to coin that because they needed a catch and they needed people to remember it. So she should get credit for that. Now the endorsement also comes as that the Department of Homeland Security in May alerted law enforcement that violent threats against LGBTQ plus Americans have increased in the past year. HRC said they're looking to organize as many as 62 million voters across the country. And to directly target voters in six battleground states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, ahead of the 2024 election. And NCTE said they are planning a national voter registration effort. One of my jobs on stage every time I get up at the HRC galas is to specifically raise money for what they call the Equality Vote Super PAC. This is the PAC we are talking about. They raise the money, put it into elections, and they can funnel it into races we know we can win and make a difference re-elect the people that believe in LGBTQ equality across this country. So I'm very proud to do the work that I do. And this is a result of it.
0: Are you going to be able to meet the president and the first lady on Saturday? Well, I've I met Uncle Joe
1: before and uh, I've met J- uh, Dr. Joe in the past Joe Biden. Um, I'm hoping that's the case when I met Joe, when I met, I shouldn't call him Joe. A lot of people do. But when I met President Biden last time, he wasn't yet the president. He was in between the vice presidency and his, you know, run for office. So there's gonna be a lot more security, obviously, at the convention center this year in Washington, D.C. But usually there's some sort of a line of people that have been vetted by um, the Secret Service that can get to him. So I'm I've requested to put my name on that list.
0: Well, give him a hug for me if you get to. Oh, you bet I will. And Dr. Jill Biden, too. Yes. All right. Next up. And every everybody. Uh, oh, and by the way, thanks for all the fucking amazing work you do, my friend. Seriously. Um, thank, you. Okay. thank you, thank you, thank okay. you. I'm honored to know you. All right. Um, content warning for sexual assault in this story. This is from the Salt Lake Tribune. Five women filed a lawsuit Monday against Tim Ballard, the founder of the anti-child trafficking nonprofit Operation Underground Railroad. O U R. Our. Our. Uh, this uh, lawsuit alleges he exploited the mission of his organization to sexually assault these five women. The filing comes weeks after Vice News first reported allegations of sexual and business malfeasance, triggering a stunning collapse for Ballard's public image. That included a rebuke by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, accusing Ballard of trying to exploit his friendship with senior apostle M. Russell Ballard for Tim Ballard's personal advantage and activity regarded as morally unacceptable. The lawsuit, filed in Utah's 3rd District Court, alleges that Ballard would in some instances fly women who would be posing as his wife or partner from across the country to Utah because he wanted to hone their sexual chemistry for the so-called couples ruse. The women alleged Ballard would ask them to perform lap dances and join him for couples massages. Ballard, he would frequent Salt Lake Valley strip clubs, where he would pay for lap dances, drink alcohol and take pills, all of which was paid for with the O.U.R. funding. Through the ruses the suit alleges Ballard coerced the women to engage in various sexual acts short of penetration in order to maintain the appearance that they were a couple. The suit also alleges that Ballard would encourage the women to get Brazilian waxes. Now, each time it is alleged, Ballard would ask the women, is there anything you wouldn't do to save a child? And he also played on their faith the suit alleges almost all of the women accusing ballard are members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints quote ballard began to claim that president m russell ballard who is the acting president of the church's quorum of the 12 apostles had given ballard permission to do the couple's ruse uh, as long as there's no sexual intercourse or kissing on the lips and had given him special priesthood blessings as such gross yeah yeah this is fucking despicable. The suit alleges that Janet Roussan, a psychic that was on O.U.R.'s payroll, would tell the women that they had been married to Ballard in a previous life so that their conduct was acceptable. The women filed the lawsuit under pseudonyms to protect their identities. Each provided lengthy statements detailing their alleged encounters with Ballard. Two of the women said their marriages have broken up as a result of Ballard's actions. Ballard resigned from O.U.R. in June, telling the Tribune in July that his departure had been planned in advance so he could focus his energy on other endeavors. However, O.U.R. said in a statement that after complaints were made about his conduct, Ballard was put on administrative leave and an investigation was launched that led to his resignation. The lawsuit alleges that was purely for show. The suit claims Ballard received a generous severance package but had arranged with O.U.R.'s directors to remain the face of O.U.R. and continue to raise money. The fundraising Ballard did while he was with O.U.R. was bolstered considerably by his proximity to prominent friends and supporters like President Donald Trump, conservative talk show host Glenn Beck and the Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes and leaders of the LDS church, all to build his reputation and bolster fundraising. Ballard achieved his own level of stardom testifying before Congress Being invited to the White House by President Trump and being the subject of The Sound of Freedom, a movie based loosely on his work through O.U.R. The movie to date has grossed two hundred and seventeen million dollars, more than the latest Indiana Jones and Mission Impossible installments. Of course, Barbie beat it. Of course, she did. This is so fucking gross. I hope this guy goes down. Isn't that f- like just and anyone connected nasty. to it? It's awful. God wants you to do it's this. It's horrible. God, you know, God wants you to do this. You know, don't you wouldn't you do anything to save the kids? We were married in a past life. It's okay. It's fucking disgusting. And I hope
1: that psychic, quote unquote, yeah, gets in trouble with this too. All right. We're going to uh, clench your palate on this for a little bit um, before we close out this segment. This is from Char Adams at NBC. California's newly enacted Ebony Alert law is the first of its kind in the nation to prioritize the search for Black youth gone missing. I love this. So good. I also love my governor. Governor Gavin Newsom signed Senate Bill 673 into law on Sunday, making California the first state to create an alert notification system similar to an Amber Alert to address the crisis of missing Black children and young women. Now, the law, which will go into effect on January 1st, will allow the California Highway Patrol to activate the alert upon request from local law enforcement when a Black youth goes missing in the area. Now, the ebony alert will utilize electronic highway signs and encourage use of radio, TV, social media, and other systems to spread information about the missing person's alert. The ebony alert will be used for missing Black people aged 12 to 24. And this is a quote. Uh, data shows that Black and brown, uh, our indigenous brothers and sisters, when they go missing, they're very rarely the type of me- to get media attention, let alone amber alerts and police resources that we see with our white counterparts. That's from Senator Stephen Bradford, and also Democrat and creator of the legislation. That's what he told NBC News earlier this year. And he added, we feel it's well beyond that time we dedicate something specifically to help bring these young women and girls back home because they're missing and loved just as much as their counterparts are. Now about 141,000 black children under the age of 18 went missing in 2022. And Black women over 21 accounted for nearly 16,500 missing persons cases that year. That's according to most recent data from the National Crime Information Center. More than 30,000 Black people in U.S. remained missing at the end of 2022. And that's according to the center. Now, although about 38% of people who went missing in 2022 were Black, and that's according to the Black and Missing Foundation, missing Black people are less likely than white people to have their stories highlighted in the media. Also, missing persons cases for Black people remain open longer than those for white people. Derica Wilson, is a co-founder of the foundation, told CNN that a majority of the six thousand cases of missing Black people in
0: her database they have remained unsolved. Hmm. So this is um, pretty incredible. I do uh, do love our governor very much for this. So thank you, Governor Gavin Newsom, and thank you for that little bit of good news after that disgusting. Ballard reports. <laughs> well, we've got a lot more from our listeners, which is wonderful. Yes, we do. If you have good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back with it. Stick around.
2: After these messages, will be right
0: Hey, everybody. It's AG. I recently discovered Mudwater, an amazing alternative to your daily coffee. Its signature blend featuring the distinct rise cacao flavor incorporates four functional mushrooms, each contributing to a unique and pleasant taste experience. Mudwater is low in caffeine, but still offers a stable energy boost without the jitters or the crashes often associated with traditional coffee. The blend's ingredients include cacao and chai, uh, among other things. And they're selected not just for flavor, but for their mood enhancing properties. It also has lion's mane for focus and cordyceps for energy and shaga and reishi for immune support. Mudwater is a Whole30 approved product. So if you're on Whole30, you're good to go. It is 100% USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, and kosher with no added sugars or artificial artificial sweeteners. It's perfect for health conscious consumers like myself. I recently gave Mudwater's Morning Ritual Starter Kit a try and was immediately impressed. It comes with the Rise Cacao Blend, a unique mixture that offers a flavorful combination of masala, chai, and cacao. It also comes with a USB rechargeable frother and a helpful guidebook. With each drink, I notice a boost in energy and focus without the typical jitters or crashes. This kit is the best way to move away from coffee and towards something much better. To get your free frother and free samples of coconut creamer and sweetener, go to Mudwater. That's M-U-D-W-T-R dot com slash daily beans. That's free samples and a frother when you go to M-U-D-W-T-R dot com slash daily beans. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Near good news, good news. And if you have good news, confessions, corrections, what the mutt, find the cat, frog orgies, baby pictures, shout out to a loved one, shout out to yourself, shout out to a small business, shout out to an adoptable pet, will be stories, anything you want to send to us, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We really appreciate your good news. Send it all to us. All right, from Sheila, pronouns she and her. My only good news is that I have beat back another section of my backyard into a garden space to grow flowers and veggies. I retired last year, so I have the time and energy some days to do it. It's such a pleasure. The recent story with the Icelandic ponies reminded me of our trip there in July. Attached, a couple of very pregnant ponies and one new mom. Beautiful creatures, but the one looked like a little miserable uh, because she was ready to give birth. Oh, look.
1: Oh, look at them. These sweet, sweet animals.
0: Half Fluffy Ponies. Yeah, she's preggo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful.
1: Indeed. All right. This is from Lauren, Pronounce she and her. Hi, ladies. Long time. First time. I listened to the Daily Beans through my marine biology master's and PhD. My dissertation. My dissertation. You heard me. My dissertation <laughs> title. <laughs> my dissertation title was Sponge Growth, Feeding Ecology, and Carbon Cycling on Caribbean Coral Reefs. Wow, yes, I study sponges (laughs) And I get to live in beautiful places Pet tax is my boy Michael And the view from my apartment Excuse me, it makes uh, for some great cat TV Cheers from the U.S. Virgin
0: Islands Oh, Oh, you do
1: get to live in some beautiful
0: places, Lauren Wow Dude Can we come visit? Let's have a beer party at Lauren's In the Virgin Islands I'm a good Um, big spoon,
1: I'm just saying
0: Hey, there we go (laughs) Uh, my One of my favorite jokes is about sponges. Want to hear it? Want to hear it? Sure. What is it? It's 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 by Stephen Wright. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. Uh, Stephen Wright was one of my favorite comedians. Me too. Me too. I love the one-liners. And then I went on to like Jessel Neck and Mitch Hedberg. Oh, yeah. But Stephen Wright says, sponges live in the ocean. That kills me. I wonder how much deeper the ocean would be if they didn't live there. It's such a
1: good joke so good couple of, I know he, we, one of my favorite Stephen writes is do you think when they asked George Washington for his ID he just took out a quarter <laughs> and then when he said I, I got a dog and I named it stay so now I just go come here stay come here stay I walked him around That's the it. building today on the ledge
0: yep <laughs> he's an East he German was so Shepherd good. so good so good all right. I think you're <laughs> up, my friend. We could do this for Our, hours, people. Hours. I know. I know. You could just quote Stephen Wright all day. Uh, he's also Couch Dude, right? In in what's the uh, Half Baked, I believe? He's Couch Guy? Yeah, anyway. I, think,
1: I think you're right on the movie.
0: All right. Next up from Bernardo, pronouns he and him to the queens of the beans. I'm super excited to be able to contribute to your request for dissertation titles, because this will be the closest anyone has come to actually reading anything in my dissertation for 20 years. The title is The Ends of the American Dream, Technological Rhetorics and the Possibilities for Social Transformation. Oh, you had like one of those cool subjective social ones, Bernardo. It has a distinction of being long and unwieldy while at the same time giving the reader no clue whatsoever about what's actually in it or what it's about, even with the clarifying subtitle. It was about media coverage of the 1991 war in Iraq. Oh, wow. I watched that on television, Bernardo. Attached are my pod pets, Gigi, or pronounced Chi-Chi, and Saki, named for the blossom, not the booze. If you can guess which breed they are, because I'd really love to know myself... Uh, please guess accurately. <laughs> hey, Jean, one looks like a, you. One looks like a long-haired Russian blue, and one is just a beautiful cream tortie. But I really I really don't know. But they're beautiful babies. They oh, really they are cuddle. beautiful. And I'm I very allergic to that picture. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. You want to take the next two, my friend? Sure. This is Mo
1: in Miami, pronouns she and her. Dissertation title, territory. Hold on. Let me get this. Uh, territoriality, territoriality in the strawberry poison frog. Huh. Dendrobates pumilio. Is that that's how you say it? I guess the uh, Latin term dendrobates pumilio earned in 1987 after 22 months in Costa Rica, living my best life. Things were simpler in the eighties. Hope I get a fuck yeah, Mo again from Dana. Fuck yeah, Mo. Love you all.
0: (laughs) The territoriality and this Strawberry poison frog. Awesome.
1: (laughs) All right. I'm going to take this one, too. This is from Christina. Pronouns she and her. Beans Queens. Good morning from Ojai Valley. Beautiful place. Just wanted to say thanks for reporting on the White Sands Footprints. It's been an exciting story to follow. Both my husband and I are archaeologists, and he has worked on First Americans, coastal migration theory, or the Kelp Highway for decades. I am an, uh, let let me spell, sound this one out, archaeobotanist. Archaeobotanist? Ar- archaeobotanist. That sounds right. Archa- Archaeo- archaeobotanist? Archaeobotanist. All right. We're going to go with archaeobotanist because that's what AG <laughs> said. I'm an archaeobotanist, so very much appreciated. The dating methods used in the White Sands Footprints ah, were... archaeology uh-huh. with the seeds and carbon dating. That's right. Based on rupia seeds and pine pollen... Multiple lines of evidence pointing to the same age is really cool to see. LOL, since you asked for dissertation titles, mine was (laughs) Ancient Plant Use and the Importance of Geophytes Among the Island uh, Chumash? Shumash of Santa I Cruz. I love Island. how you always ask me like I know. <laughs> well, sometimes you, like, you do. This? A lot of the times you do. Shumash of Santa <laughs> Cruz Island, California. And I know a lot of people are like, why doesn't Dana look these up? Because I get this the moment we record. The news yeah. is we- not
0: rehearsed. We do this on purpose. We don't want this to be rehearsed. We want to be surprised by the good news. So that that is why. So ancient plant use and the importance of geophytes among the island chumash of Santa Cruz Island, California. Yep, there we go. Sounds like a dissertation title. Sounds good to me. And since nobody knows what geophytes are, they're
1: underground plant foods like potatoes. For pod pet tax, we have our main squeeze, Kalili, the tortie, wearing a bird... Be safe collar with redu- which reduces bird kills by at least eighty five percent. Nice. I wish uh, she would be an indoor kitty, but she wasn't having it. So this at least keeps birds and lizards to, uh, takes to a minimum. Oh, this is her killing things. Got it. And the old <laughs> orange guy and the old orange guy who recently adopted us. We've named Fireball. He's not much of a fireball. All he wants is love, food, and a warm place to sleep. Thanks so much for all you do, keeping me informed and entertained on the daily.
0: Oh, look at Kalele. What a beauty! Okay, so that keeps that helps keep keeps that helps keep the cat from uh, killing birds and lizards. Very cool. Yeah, we used to when I had an indoor/outdoor kitty, it was just a big loud bell, um, so so he couldn't sneak up on anything. All right, thank you for that, Susan. Pronoun she and her. I drive for several volunteer pet transports. These are all volunteer groups that drive dogs and other pets between shelters and rescues and adopters. They're managed like a relay race, with volunteers signing up for a leg or two and where they may be available, when and where they may be available. Some people monitor and manage the drives, and others act as hosts for overnight slumber potties, P-A-W-T-I-E-S, for dogs on the road, road dogs. Well, last Saturday, I drove one leg of a trip for a bulldog traveling to a rescue. He had an overnight along his route, and the family that hosted him fell in love with him and adopted him. How's that for good news? Good news. Happy ending and a pet tax story all in one. You could even play What the Mutt, too, and you'll both win the game easily. <laughs> well, because you just bulldog. said it was a bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at look that at beautiful
1: face. Uh, oh, and a smiley little bulldog. Beautiful face. I think if bulldogs could talk, that's what they'd sound like. I'm a bulldog. 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 I love bulldog. Okay. All right, this is from Valerie, Pronoun she and her. Today, October 10th, is my surgiversary. One year since my hip replacement, which has been life-changing. I discovered mm-hmm. the Daily Beans podcast while I was recovering from that surgery and became a patron. I will be renewing my one-year patron status because I have come to rely on this podcast for no bullshit news presented with humor and compassion and swearing. I think Allison and Dana as friends uh, who have no idea of what good friends they've been to someone who struggled to get out of bed a year ago. And now hikes and marches and resist gratefully. I am also the mom of a beautiful and wonderful trans adult. I worry and I fight for their safety and well-being. And I thank you both for doing the same. Valerie, it is my pleasure. I am so glad you are feeling well out and about. And thank you for being such an awesome fucking parent to a trans adult. Because trust me, every supportive family is
0: life-changing for the community. Absolutely, absolutely incredible, too. And happy one year surgiversary since your hip replacement. That's so awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. And I appreciate everybody's uh, submissions today. These have all been really great. I love these dissertation titles. If, if you haven't had the uh, good fortune of having to write a dissertation, it is so horrible. <laughs> and the titles make no sense. <laughs> Um, There was even a a Twitter thread that was like, describe your dissertation in a tweet. You know, this is back when it was only 140 characters and and watching people try to cram it all into 140 characters was pretty funny. So thank you all for your submissions. And we will be back in your ears tomorrow. Do you have any final thoughts, Dana? I know you're shocked, but
1: I do. I do. You were listening to this on National Coming Out Day. And I just want to say to all of my LGBTQ plus community who have had the support to come out of the closet. I applaud you and i'm so grateful to have you any you know public representation matters and i just want to say if you are someone who is part of the lgbtq community and you have not found a space to come out that is okay you are loved and you are supported and just know that when you are ready we will be here
0: and i send you love absolutely we will be here and thank you so much um please send your good news dailybeanspod.com click on contact we'll be back in your ears tomorrow until then Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your... What? Family? Yeah, yeah. Take care of your family. Leave it in there. All right. Take care of your family. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote Blue over Q. And take your family with you. It just came out. On National Coming Out Day. Take care of your family. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane